Well, grace and peace be with you from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The other day, I was sitting at home and I watched a movie featured a a buffalo wearing plaid eating tacos. Okay, that's a joke, it didn't. In fact, in fact, the movie was really quite boring. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't that it was a badly done movie, and, and I'm not going to regale you even with the title because I don't want you to go watch it because then you'll be like, Pastor recommended this movie and it was boring. But it was so boring. It was well done. The acting was done. The scenery was fine. But it was just a kind of movie that had been done to death. It had been done over and over and over again. I knew exactly what was going to happen before it even happened. I knew exactly what was coming. I knew everything. Because I had seen that type of movie before. And this one had followed the script line point by point. And so the movie was boring. It wasn't even very interesting. I lost interest not even halfway through. Now, I finished it, but it was boring. To some degree, I feel a little bit that way when we get to our gospel lesson today. We know what's going to happen, don't we? I, I, mean, I mean, even if this is the first time you've ever heard this text in your life, having heard the rest of the gospels, having heard from Jesus so many times, we know what we're going to hear. We know that the Pharisee is going to have a kind of arrogance about him, self-righteousness. We know it. We have come to expect it. And so... We're not really all that surprised. And we know the tax collector, the sinner, we know that he is a sinner. And so we're not really shocked. But that's only if this is the first time you've ever heard this story. But you've heard this one before. My my guess is, is that you've heard it several times. Maybe you heard about it in Bible class. Maybe you heard about it in Sunday school. Maybe you heard about it in school. But wherever you've heard it, you've probably heard this text before. And so, what do you do with it? What do you do do with a text that you know exactly what's going to happen, you know exactly what's coming, and, and, and even more, it's a text that you've heard over and over and over again? What do you do with that? I mean, in a lot of ways, the text definitely teaches us all about repentance. And that's a good thing. But later tonight when you guys are are at home and you guys are doing family devotions, I don't expect anybody to stand up, beat their chest and say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Not that that would be a bad thing to do, but I just don't expect it. We know what repentance is. We know that as Christians, we need to repent of our sins. But yet, as we look around at the world outside, we see a world that needs to hear that message, especially now. You know, as we as we head into to dare I say, I know a lot of people are caught up in deer season, but let's be honest, guys, it's political season. That's what we're at. Every commercial, everything, it's all politics, politics, politics. And it's all the same thing, isn't it? Person A says, look at how great I am. And over there is person B and person B is awful. Oh, you don't want to be like person B. And then person B gets on, and he says the same thing. I'm great, but that person A over there, that person is real trash. It's the same thing over and over again. We can call it pride. We can call it whatever we want, but it's out there, and we know it. 
And we see it not just in politics, but we see it all around us, don't we? We see it all around us. And again, we can call it pride. We can call it hatred. We can call it idolatry. We can even look outside and say, you know, that's the, the secular world. That's the world that's, that's just kind of secularized. They're outside of our doors. And we can, we can certainly sense that. And we can say to ourselves, they're the ones that really do need to hear this great and wonderful message of repentance. And so we gather in our churches, and we sit in our pews, and we look out the windows, and we look out the doors, and we say, God, thank you, Lord, that you didn't make me like those sinners out there that are filled with idolatry, that are filled with all of this sin. Thank goodness you didn't make me like that. It's real easy to get turned around, isn't it? It's real easy to get twisted and turned and kind of forget some of those basic things. We all too often forget that as Christians we are gathered here not because we are different than the world outside of our doors, but because we are just like those sinners out there and we need a Savior. We all too often forget that we are gathered here because we are sinners. We have sinned in our thoughts and our words and our deeds. We say it week after week. And because we are sinners, we need a Savior. We need a Lord and Savior who is going to forgive us our sins. Because we need it. Because we can't do it on our own. And that can be so easy to flip around. That can be so easy to forget and to miss. But it's a point that we absolutely need to hear. This text that stands before us, the Pharisee who's self-righteous and the tax collector. You see, a tax collector, that was, that was the best job you could get if you had sinned. Now, I don't just mean like made a simple mistake, but I mean, I mean if you have made a public mistake, a mistake that society just couldn't forget, just couldn't forgive, the best job you could get, tax collector. When I say that, don't think the word best is a good thing there. It's a bad thing. It was a terrible job. Most people hated you. Most people despised you. And on top of that, now you knew that that person was a public sinner. There's been a lot of ink spilled over Matthew, trying to figure out exactly what it is that Matthew did that got him in that place as tax collector before Jesus called him. What did he do? What did he do that was so bad, so awful, that the only thing he could do was be a tax collector? That's the man who comes up to the temple. The one who has no self-righteousness, and he knows it. The one who stands with his eyes down, who won't dare even look, because he knows that he has nothing to give. And he says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. As we gather here today, that's who we are. We're no better than people that are outside of our doors. We are all sinners, and we need a Savior. That's why we're here. We're here because we need Jesus. We're here because we can't do it on our own. We're here because we know that if it was left to us, there would be no hope. 
But instead, we place our hope and our trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because it is in him and through him that we have salvation. It is in him and through him that we have forgiveness. So, yes, we are gathered here today to say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, and know that we receive it through Jesus Christ. In his name, amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.